Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet church service. I am so happy that you're here. Why don't you grab your Bibles today and meet me in the book of Genesis chapter 17. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings first before we jump into the message today. And let's look at Genesis chapter 17 so that we can understand a little bit about covenant we're just briefly going to look at it. It's a very thorough, deep subject, but we just want to understand a little bit about covenant because God, when He works with us in our finances, He works from the platform of a covenant. And it's very important that we understand this because here in America, being in the western part of the world, we think very differently than what they do in the Middle East. And please don't ever forget that the Bible is a Middle Eastern book, and they can have different ways of thinking. So if we want to understand the Bible properly, we have to understand the context, and that would include as well the cultural context in which this book is written, written by men under the anointing and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit works through men who all lived in that part of the world. They were all Jewish. And so he works with them in the capacity of their mindset and in the way that they think. So in order to understand covenant, we have to understand the way they view it from the Middle East. Praise God. And we have a good example of that here in the book of Genesis chapter 17, when God is dealing with Abram, he gets his name changed to Abraham. God gives Abraham promises that will be enacted, engaged through a covenant. And if the conditions are met, then the covenant goes into action. And all of those promises that were spoken, all of those things will come to pass. So Abraham has to do his part. What is his part? God made it very clear. And any covenant, which is an agreement between two different people or two different parties, sometimes it can be an agreement between two different nations. That covenant will always be, be, be based upon what we could say as well-defined terms. In other words, this is your part, and this is your part, and when you do your part, and you do your part, boom, we have a valid covenant that is in action. Praise God. And so the thing with the covenant is that God will always do His part. Sometimes people can be frustrated particularly in the Western church, because they don't understand covenant. And they're like, God, why aren't you helping? Why aren't you doing your part? And if we look carefully, it's usually because somewhere we are not engaging the commitment or the requirements of the covenant. And that's why God's not moving. He does everything by a covenant basis. <laughs> and even if we don't understand it, even if we are unaware of it, God still doesn't just like, excuse over it. In other words, we have to learn it. We have to dig into the Word and find out what our requirements are. And then, when we do our part, now we obligate God and His integrity to His Word. So when He sees that we do our part, now He's like, good, they're doing their part, now I'll certainly come in and do my part. Now the covenant becomes binding. Mm -mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Please understand, my friends, that God 
in, in the area of finances with his people. He only will work with his people in finances based off of a covenant platform. Mm, thank you, Jesus. What was the terms of agreement? What was the, the, the requirement that was placed upon Abraham in order for him to step into the covenant? Verse 10, this is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised, and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. Now, the root word in the Hebrew for the word covenant actually comes from a word that means to cut, and often with that cutting, there is the result of the flowing of blood. Now, it's fascinating because when God told Abraham these amazing promises and how it will be upgraded to the category of a covenant if he does certain things, Abraham doesn't waste any time. He's like, yeah, I, I absolutely want it on that. Wow, what a privilege, what an honor. So I'm going to meet those requirements. And verse 26, it says that very same day. Look, don't waste time. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Don't try to go another path. Go with the Word of God. It will lead you into all of the promises that God wants you to walk in. That very same day, Abraham was circumcised, and his son Ishmael. See, there's the, there's the flowing of blood. And all the men of his house, born in the house, or bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. That brings them into the covenant. Praise the Lord. Now, in the New Testament, we are told, particularly in Romans chapter 2, that the new covenant is based upon not an outward circumcision. That was the sign of the old covenant. But the new covenant is received by faith with the grace of God in their working, so that we can take it by faith, and then upon salvation, what takes place during the born-again experience is that there is a circumcision within your spirit. The flesh of your heart is cut off, and you no longer have that old sinful nature in you. That sinful heart is cut off, and you actually are born again, or what can also be used as the word regenerated, where? On the inside. See, under the Old Testament, you could be circumcised, but still have a really bad heart. You could be circumcised and still take bribes. You can be circumcised and still use profanity. Now, those things were forbidden, but you could still do that because externally you could be okay, but internally the law never could take you to that point where on the inside you're clean. Why? Because all humanity inherited the fallen sin nature of Adam. But Jesus came along, and through the pouring out, the shedding of His blood at Calvary, brought anybody who would receive Him by faith as their Lord and Savior, brought them into a new covenant based upon His shed blood. And it's a covenant. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. A circumcision of the heart. And by this act of Christ at Calvary, all of the blessings that God put on Abraham 
now can come up on the believer even if you're a Gentile they now come up on you because you are in Christ and Christ was the one who put it up on Abraham in the first place praise God my friends come take a look at it Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree and of course Jesus hung on the cross the tree verse 14 that the blessing of Abraham okay we just read about that might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that's you and me hallelujah how do we get into it how do we get into that blessing that was on Abraham plus so much more that's in the new covenant through Christ Jesus and his shed blood that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith praise God okay concerning covenants if there's any covenant that you would be required to understand above all others it's the covenant of salvation praise God that Jesus shed his blood so that if you put your faith and trust in him that he through the shedding of his blood as an innocent sacrifice to atone for the sins of humanity could come into the new covenant that's what the Old Testament New Testament those are covenants okay could come into the New Testament or to the new covenant whoo by what he did for you and me at Calvary if you don't understand any other covenant at least you must understand that one and step into it by faith and be born again hallelujah and at least you'll make heaven praise God but there's other covenants too you know the Bible talks about you know the covenant of marriage and the something very interesting as you continue to the study of covenants is that you need to understand that when it comes to finances please listen very carefully I'm talking to Christians right now I'm not talking to sinners and unbelievers I'm talking to you as a child of God when it comes to finances if you want God to get involved in your finances he will only work with you as a born-again believer he will only work with you from the platform of a covenant and begging will not get him to move bawling squalling crying will not get him to move in your area of life in finances he'll only work in your life in the area of finances if you meet him on covenant terms and conditions if not if not he loves you you're still going to be saved because you put your faith and trust in Jesus you have the covenant of salvation but that does not mean you have a covenant with God with your finances it's different it's not based on a promise it's not based upon your prayers not based upon fasting it's not based upon those things it's based upon a covenant until you come into that covenant God's not obligated to perform for you Mm, thank you Lord Jesus hallelujah well Pastor Stephen what do I need to do to engage God on the terms of a financial covenant well when God gave Abraham the opportunity to come into what we call the Abrahamic covenant which was based upon circumcision and then of course there was the other covenant that God took him into with the splitting of the heifers and the uh, the blood being shed and also the birds being sacrificed and Abraham fighting off the foul the, you know the fowls of the air the vultures and so forth and and then the, the covenant promise of the land belonging to Israel forever mm -mm. okay those things transpire through the shedding of blood 
my friends, because you are in Christ, Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, because you are in Christ, you now can go further into the other aspects of the blessing of the covenant. You can contact God through a financial covenant by meeting the requirements and the terms and conditions of that, which are number one, tithing. The financial covenant with God is anchored on tithing. Secondly, it's anchored on seed time and harvest, as mentioned in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. As long as there's day and night, as long as there is seed time and harvest, then just know that God's covenant laws are in effect. Praise the Lord. So those are the two conditions, tithing, seed time, and harvest. The tithe is 10% of all of your earned income or any other unexpected blessing, financial blessing that would come into your life. 10% of that belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. And then you operate in seed time harvest, sowing and reaping, giving and receiving. Well, Pastor Stephen, I want to be blessed financially. I don't really want to do those things, though. Well, then you're going to have to figure out a way to do it on your, on your own because God's not going to be involved. If you don't work His principles, if you don't engage Him on the terms of His conditions and His terms, which are tithing and seed time and harvest, then what, uh, it doesn't mean that you're not saved. It just means that you don't have a financial covenant with God. And I'll tell you what, to be in this world without a financial covenant with God it's a, tough, it's a tough place to be. Why? Because the devourer is out there. But if you have a covenant, he'll rebuke the devourer. That's what, and and that, is, that is part and parcel of the covenant. That goes along with the covenant. If you lock into that covenant, he says he'll rebuke the devourer, and he will. And he'll open the heavens, and he'll pour out ideas and creative ideas for wealth, and uh, uh, He'll illuminate your mind and your understanding. You'll begin to come out of lack or insufficiency. You'll begin to go into a place of abundance and plenty, and then you'll be able to be the blessing that God has called you to be. That's how you get there. That's how you have to work the covenant principles. Today, lay hold of the covenant. Woo, praise the Lord. Some of you are in a war financially. I mean, it's like your finances have gone haywire, and there's all kinds of crazy stuff is going on, but you have no financial covenant with God, and you're saying, God, I'm your child. God, help me. Help me. God, God does not engage, though, financially unless you meet Him on the platform of a covenant. And begging and crying and bawling and squalling will not move Him. He is a covenant-keeping God. Mm. Woo! Hallelujah. Psalm 89, verse 34. Pastor Stephen, how, how sure, if I, if, if I do this, Pastor Stephen, and I honor the Lord with my tithe, and I, I, I become a giver, how sure is this covenant that God's inviting me to join Him on? Psalm 89, verse 34, God says, My covenant I will not break, nor alter my word that has gone out of my lips. It's a sure deal. It's a sure thing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse 19. Pastor Stephen, if I do this, can I really trust God? Verse 19, And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, if you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, so that there will not be day and night 
in their season, then my covenant may also be broken with David my servant, so that he shall not have a son to reign on his throne, and with the Levites, the priests, my ministers. But when I last looked, and that was outside here just a few minutes ago, day and night are still exchanging place all over the world. And it's never stopped, and it's never going to. God made a covenant with day. God made a covenant with night in their seasons. And although in some seasons in some parts of the world, you know, North Pole, South Pole, the days can be longer. Sometimes the nights can be longer and vice versa. But it doesn't matter. They're still changing place, still changing place all over the world. They're still changing place, and they're going to for all eternity. God's covenants will not be broken. He'll never back out of it. Now, people can back out of it. And if a, as a Christian, if you do that, it doesn't mean you've lost your salvation, of course, unless you back out of the salvation covenant, which is why the whole book of Hebrews was written for the early Jewish Christians who were under great persecution. Don't back out of the covenant. Don't back out of it just because there's persecution. But you could back out of a financial covenant. I've seen Christians do that. They get under pressure. They, maybe they feel an attack and they stop tithing. And the devil sits back and laughs and says, I got them. I faked them out. They got a little pressure, and they backed out. And that now, now he can really hit you. Why? He is the devourer. But the safest place to be is in a place of covenant with God. It'll hold you up no matter what's going on in the world. And there's a lot going on in the world with markets that are moved by fear and, uh, and things like that and, you know, recessions or job layoffs or this or that, you know. But when you have a covenant with a covenant-keeping God whose streets or not gold-plated, whose streets in the city and the residence and the domain that he resides over are solid gold. Mm. And mansions with floors that are made out of solid diamonds and things like this. You're talking about, you're talking about a financial strength that can never run dry. I would highly encourage you to engage God in a financial covenant by becoming a tither and a tither is not somebody who just tithes every now and then. A tither is somebody that systematically gives the Lord the 10% that rightfully belongs to Him of all monies that come into their life. Praise God. And then on top of that, I would be a sower. I'd give, I'd give seed. I'd, I'd give seed, and I would expect and believe God for a harvest. And when you do that, you'll find out the covenant works and the covenant works regardless of where you live at in the world. The covenant will work regardless of what your skin color is. And the covenant will work regardless of what your age is. And the covenant will work regardless of what your IQ is. And the covenant will work whether or not you graduated from high school or college or not. The covenant will work if you'll engage God on His terms. Pastor Stephen, I want to do it my own way. He doesn't work like that on covenant. God gives the terms. God gives the conditions. It's up to us to meet them. And Abraham, when he found out what they were, went out that day and said, Lord, I'm on it. I want in on this covenant. <laughs> and because he did that, because he did that, he became the father of faith. And you and I still follow his example today. And by the way, big shout out for Abraham, who was a tither. Woo, praise God. Pastor Stephen, I'm of the seed of Abraham. Good. Do the works of Abraham, and then you'll experience the blessings of Abraham. The wealth, the prosperity. Mm -mm. He wasn't just rich. He was very rich. Praise God. 
Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, if I actually do this, what, uh, what will end up happening to me? Where, where will I be at a few years down the road? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you exactly where you'll be. You'll be living in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Would you like to know what that is? Would you like to know what the reality of that is if you obey the scriptural directives to engage God financially within a covenant? It's Acts chapter 30, verse 35. Excuse me, Acts chapter 20, verse 35. And it says, And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that He said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Some of you, you've been in such a place of need, and such a place of survival, that really, to you, you actually think it's better to receive. Now, you, many Christians quote that verse, yes, it's better to give, but really, they're like, oh, forget that, I'd rather receive, I really need some blessing right now. <laughs> oh, but look, when you become a systematic tither, I'd call, I'd, I'd even say a diehard tither. You'd rather die than not pay your tithe. You're so committed to keeping that covenant that you'll give God His tithe before you would ever steal it or rob it or take it for yourself. But you give the Lord the tithe, and then you sow seed on top of that. What will happen? You'll get so blessed, and as you walk down that path, you'll begin to realize, my Lord, it's true. It really is better to be a giver than it has to be a receiver. The level of joy ties me into the God quality of living. Mm, praise God. Oh yes, it's fun to receive. But there's there's no question that when you're a blessed, when you are blessed to be a blessing and you're 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 just giving because you, you're in the overflow, I tell you, it's a total different level and a total different way of living. The level of joy is just it, it goes beyond the ability really to even express it. Hallelujah. It's glorious. It's glorious. Hallelujah. The feed hungry, starving children. It's glorious to put clothes on the back of people that are walking around in rags. It is glorious to see medicine and vaccinations and medical help given the people that are eaten up with worms and, and you know, having health problems with, with situations that were resolved a hundred years ago. To step in there and bring deliverance in the name of Jesus and to preach the gospel and to see healing come into their bodies. Oh, the glory of God. Hallelujah. That's how you get into it. That's how you get into it. Mm, praise the Lord. Now, meet the Lord on a covenant platform. Engage Him on His terms. Tithing, seed time and harvest. Tithing, be a giver, and you'll certainly be a receiver. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I have presented Your Word and Your principles to Your people. Father, you have unveiled kingdom mysteries so that we can understand the way that your kingdom operates, which is so different from the world, which is consume, take, hold, keep it to yourself. Father, we thank you. Your kingdom works so differently, and that your kingdom works on supernatural principles. So, Father, we thank you. This is not two plus two. This is not uh, from, the, from the perspective of just basic, basic mathematical, natural stuff. Father, this ties us into spiritual laws, which can never fail. So, we thank you. We give you all of the praise that this is a supernatural covenant that holds its own in the natural realm. We give you praise, Father God, and, and as believers all over the world, 
Father, I thank you. I know I'm speaking to many people. You have calling for them. You have plans for them to be walking in Abrahamic wealth in time, heavy prosperity. And Father, you are now releasing the kings of uh, the keys of how to step into that so that your people can be royal, kingly priests and represent you the right way. Father, we give you praise. You are raising up financial deliverers to rush in and rescue sick, dying children and people who have no other hope except the hope that the church brings. Now, Father, take your people into these unprecedented realms of prosperity through practicing of these kingdom laws. We give you all of the praise. Thank you, Father. May your people join you on the covenant platform. And we thank you that it is an unfailable platform. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. The Lord wants me to tell you this. He's got room for you at the top. Oh, no, Pastor Stephen, it's too crowded. No, it's not. There's plenty of room for you at the top. Don't think there's lack and insufficiency all over the place. There is a lot of wealth in this world. There are millions of of millionaires there are millions I'm not over exaggerating I've looked at the numbers I've read the raw data there are millions of multimillionaires hundreds and hundreds of billionaires and it's growing it's not shrinking you're destined to go to the top to be a star in the kingdom to make a heavy impact in the earth in the name of Jesus that is your destiny praise God hallelujah now do the works of Abraham and become the child of God that God wants you to be. Shine in his kingdom in a world of gross darkness where sinners take their wealth and they turn it inward and consume it on their own lust. And then they fund wicked agendas. Use the wealth God empowers you to receive and to walk in to bring him glory and see that the gospel is preached around the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm talking to financial heavyweight champions. Father, we give you the praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of the Lord. If you would like to mail them in, please send your tithes and offerings to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code here is 28654. If you would like to bring them in online, and I know that many of the international church members, as well as many here in the various states, you like to bring it in online. It's very safe. It's very secure. And you could do it anytime, day or night. And so many of us live in different time zones. Please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage called Tides and Offerings. Sow and reap, and you can go there right now and bring them into the storehouse of God. Come on, cut covenant with God. Take God at His word. Dare to believe God at His word. Woo, you'll see how bold God is about His word. Mm, he'll watch over it to perform it. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, at our ministry web website, we also have two other current projects that we're working on. If you would like to sow seed, if you'd like to do something beyond your tithe and sow seed into any of these two current projects, I would invite you to do so. At our website, there's a header. One of them is called Projects. You can click on that. The two current projects are the Fence Project, which is to put a ministry fence all around the ministry property of 1.72 acres. And the other is a ministry aircraft hangar. Now, the fence project 
Woohoo! Glory to God. We have now crossed one third of the way, not just with the funds, but those funds have already been allocated. The fence has been built and it's beautiful. One third of the fence is up. And I'll tell you what, it is total pro level. It looks absolutely beautiful. This is not like a residential fence. This is heavy duty commercial fence. And it is absolutely beautiful. Praise the Lord. So let's continue on. If you'd like to sow into that, thank you so much for sowing the seed. And may that blessing of Job come back on your life. As even Satan told the Lord, hey, you put a fence around Job. I can't touch him. As you sow into that, may the fence, the the vine hedge of protection of God come around your life. Now, we also have the ministry aircraft hangar project. If you would like to sow into that, that is available as well. That project is moving forward. That account is rising. Thank you for the seed you're sowing. God will bring beautiful harvest into your life, and you will be smiling a whole lot. Woo! Hallelujah! Glory, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now today, let's talk about divine comfort. I would like to invite you to take your Bibles and go to one of the most beautiful chapters in the Bible. This would be John chapter 14. We're going to go down today to verse 26. John 14, verse 26. And let's pray as we jump into today's message. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, that your word is loaded with power that the anointing of your spirit is upon your word. And as we receive it, it will release faith into our hearts to ask, to ask and to receive a great miracle of blessing. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Father, for this great receiving and release of faith in Jesus name. Amen. John chapter 14, verse 26. Now I'm going to read to you from the new King James version. And then I want to kind of jump off of the King James Version, bring some things out with the Amplified. Let's take a look at it first in the New King James Version. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Here we have the Holy Spirit referred to as the Helper. I prefer the King James translation in this particular context. I like the word comforter. I'm a little bit stuck on the word comforter. And if you read it in the Amplified Bible, it brings it out fully. Because remember, this is the Greek word parakletos. And it is a challenge for the translators to take this beautiful word, that gives us insight to the character and nature of the Holy Spirit is very difficult to to define him with just one word. And so the new King James translators tried, they used the word helper and that's really good. And KJV comforter, but the, uh, the amplified Bible of course would say helper, comforter, advocate, even that of counselor. But let me say this, as we look at the beautiful ministry of the Holy Spirit, who is the most important person in the earth today, that the Holy Spirit, who is able to bring divine comfort to the heart of any believer upon the planet today, 
the Holy Spirit as the divine comforter, even as he can also be described as the helper. Have you ever noticed that when he helps you, his help actually comforts you? In other words, it's not rough help. It's, it's soothing help. It's beautiful help. It's help that comforts you. I remember one time quite clearly when I was under some situations that caused pressure. And sometimes pressure can be good. Pressure can make you grow. Pressure can make you pray more. And pressure can really cause you to lean into the Lord. But nevertheless, because of some prevailing uh, circumstances, there was some pressure. And the Lord dissolved those pressuring situations, gave me the victory, and I'll never forget the moment that the breakthrough came. I sat in a certain chair, just sitting down, not expecting anything to happen, just went to sit in the chair. And when I sat in the chair, the Holy Spirit engulfed me in a level of supernatural comfort that went beyond any type of comfort I'd ever experienced in my life. I mean, there is no chair on the planet that can soothe and comfort like that. And it wasn't the chair that I sat in. It was God, the Holy Spirit, who is in the earth today, taking his arms and putting his arms and his presence all around me. And I was just, I felt like I was about to melt. And I, I felt such comfort that there was nothing in the universe that could have troubled me or disturbed my peace. It was so deep. It was so, I would even use the word miraculous, that it even surprised me the level of the ability of the Holy Spirit to comfort a person. Woo! Regardless of what you may be facing, mm, the comfort of the Holy Spirit can just dissolve any uh, unpleasant situations, unpleasant memories, unpleasant, I would call maybe even traumatic experiences. The Holy Spirit can come in there where the, well, the devil brought a venom. The Holy Spirit can come in there with anti-venom and just soothe. And although you may still have a memory of what took place, there's no sting of it anymore. You're just, you're just so comforted. It's just that nothing troubles you about it at all. That is supernatural. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm reminded right now of a of a story I'll share this of a, of a friend of mine a minister who was just out doing what maybe we would call street ministry but I I wouldn't call it just like random street ministry this minister was very sensitive to the holy spirit and would not just go up really start talking to anybody or everybody but just would kind of let the holy spirit lead this person would be led of the spirit of who to go minister to and um so this person, this minister was led to a man, and uh, the minister said, uh, I, I would like to pray for you. I sense that something is troubling you. And the, the, the minister said, I'm a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and God wants to heal whatever is troubling you. And the man said, well, uh, sure, uh, yes, I, I, I have something that greatly troubles my soul. I am a, uh, you know veteran sniper in the military you know I'm out of the military now retired but I can't even rejoice I can't enjoy my life I I have nightmares every night I, I live in a world of trauma my mind feels like it's about to snap 
because something took place on the battlefield. And as one of the top snipers, I took out the bad guys all the time. These were assassins. These were murderers. These were evil people. But I had a situation where I got the call, you know, through my earpiece. And they said, take out this person over here. Take them out immediately. They're about to, they're about to fire on our troops. And he said, I, you know, I, I took this, you know, he had this ultimate high-powered rifle, you know, with this amazing scope that, you know, I mean, you could see the person's eyebrows from miles away. And he takes the scope and dials in the target that he's told to take out. And when he dials the target in, it's a young teenage boy, probably only about 14 years of age. And they're saying, take him out. They're screaming into his earpiece, take him out. He's about, he's about to, sh-. you know, the, the young child had like a, um, like a, some kind of like a rocket launcher. And he's about to launch it. And the troops are in range. And the troops don't know what's coming except the, the ones that have the eyes from the skies looking down that they could see these things. And so they're telling the sniper guy, take him out quick. And he has a split second just to think it over. And he's thinking, wow, this, this little boy doesn't even know what he's doing. But they're saying shoot him. And so he pulls the trigger. Boom. And within less than a second, the, the little teenage boy falls to the ground dead. Now lives are spared. But that, that haunted him. And so he told the minister, he says, it still haunts me. Every time I go to bed at night, I can't sleep. I see the little teenage boy. I see the bullet enter him. And I see him fall to the ground dead, and uh, it, I, I have no peace over this. The minister went into a vision. I feel the presence of God. The minister went into a vision and told the veteran sniper, he said, I see the whole thing right now. He said, I see the young boy. He said, I see his nationality. I know who you're fighting, who you're fighting against. He began to call out supernatural words of knowledge. And he said, now what you didn't know. From the moment you pulled the trigger and the bullet came out of the barrel, while the bullet is traveling, Jesus appeared to the young teenage boy. I can see the Lord talking to him. Now remember, Christ is Lord over all, and that, create, that, that also means time. God has the ability to step within time and do things that you and I can't do. He stepped within time and stepped before that young teenage boy while the bullet is traveling to him. You know, high-powered rifle, shooting that bullet. It's coming towards the boy, and Jesus appears to him in slow motion. I've had, I've had those slow motion moments with God, where God steps in in the middle of, like, uh, crazy things. And I, so I know, I know exactly what it's like. And so he steps in between the bullet and the boy and says, I am Jesus of Nazareth. I am the Lord and Savior. I am the King of Kings. I give you. One opportunity, this is your only opportunity to come to know me. Would you like to receive me as your Lord and Savior? And the young, the young teenage boy said, yes, I would. The moment he said yes, the bullet hit him. The bullet hit him, his body dropped to the ground, and the Lord took his spirit home to heaven. Woo! And instantly, instantly, the military veteran was, was delivered. Instantly he was delivered, instantly healed by the power of God. And that's something that only the Holy Spirit could do. He can bring levels of comfort in that although there is a place for psychiatry, there is a place for counseling, he can do things that no human being can ever get into. He can get into areas and chambers of your heart and heal in a way that only he can. Why? God 
is the original manufacturer of your spirit, your soul, your body. So if something ever is broken or wrong, he who created you knows exactly how to fix it as only he can. Praise God. Praise God. If you need healing in some area of your mind, your soul, where you've been traumatized, and maybe you don't have an answer, right now lift your hands. Father, may your Holy Spirit go now. And the Holy Spirit, I would ask that you would go in touch and bring the comfort as only you can to that hurting soul. And even as Jesus is the balm of Gilead, and you reveal Christ to people, Lord Jesus, uh, Holy Spirit, bring and reveal right now Jesus as the healer, and let the oil, the balm of Gilead, be poured into those areas of trauma. Maybe somebody's watching, maybe you were raped, and uh, you have those horrible scenes, and uh, there's some other, I, I, I'm, because of sensitivity, I'm not going to call some things out, but I'm seeing some things in the Spirit. I'm saying right now, receive healing. Let the Holy Spirit heal you now, and take away any poison, any venom. And Holy Spirit, right now, pour in the healing oil of Christ into that soul. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In the name of Jesus, receive your healing right now. Glory, glory. Some lady, you're watching, you found out your husband was cheating on you, and you try to forgive him, and in your heart you try to forgive him, but you keep seeing it. Or maybe the, 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 first, the first words when you found out, or the first, maybe you even saw, and it, 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 really, it really shook you up. Receive the healing of Christ into your soul right now. By the blessing and power of the Holy Spirit, receive, receive in Jesus' name. Whatever you need, receive the comfort of the Holy Spirit. This is supernatural, God-level comfort. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As the helper, his help is a comforting help. As an advocate, in other words, the one who stands behind you when the devil would assail you and malign you and curse you and, you know, revile you before the heavenly tribunal. As an advocate, he not only stands next to you, he stands next to you and brings comfort. So, yes, it's back to the comforting again. Oh, as the counselor, what kind of counsel would there be if the counsel didn't comfort. See, He is the Holy Spirit. He is the Comforter. Oh, is He the Counselor? Oh, absolutely. And He can counsel in a way that can straighten out any crooked place, can feel any valley, can lower any mountain, can make your life. He can really give beauty for ashes, but there is such a comfort to it when He, when he does it. The Holy Spirit is so kind that I have had times when I have been so far over in prayer that the Holy Spirit would come to me. He, I mean, He's already there, but He would step in into my time of into some intimacy with Christ the Savior, and He would say to me, get ready, close out your time with your Master, because your phone's about the ring, and I don't want that phone call to jar you in this beautiful moment that you're in. And I, I would even have time to say, Jesus, I have to go for now. I'll be back. And close out that moment with the Lord. And the moment I close out, the phone would ring. The phone would ring. And it would be a call. It would be a call that I would need the answer. He is, he is that amazing. Woo! The things that he can whisper literally can make your hair stand up. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. The Comforter is here in manifestation today. 
even going years back, decades back, when I didn't understand the role of the Holy Spirit, I, I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit, although I know it was He who revealed Christ to me, because He is the revealer of our wonderful Lord and Savior. But I, I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. I, uh, in, in the denomination I grew up in, they were very heavy on Jesus as your Savior, uh, but I didn't really know anything about the Holy Spirit, and uh, I didn't hear any teaching on it. But I went to a university, a Christian university that was in the, I, I would say, the, the stream of our denomination. In other words, that university uh, was pretty much overseen and made up of, you know, members of that particular denomination. And there were many churches within our denomination all through that city. So the church, the churches in that denomination were very strong. This was a good denomination. But we still didn't know a lot about the Holy Spirit. But I was at that university, attending that university. I was in my, I was in my fourth year of college. And God was really getting a hold of me and doing a work in my life. But I still didn't know a lot about the Holy Spirit. I, I, I loved the Lord in the knowledge that I had. <sighs> But one day I, I found myself as a young man in my early 20s with something that really, really upset me. Now, I had a class that was, a, that was missions. It, it was training to get ready for missions. And, uh, and me and a friend were going to go to France. We were going to be missionaries in France for two years. And some things uh, had come up uh, in my life that were difficult to deal with. And I remember I went to chapel one day just really just... Uh, I felt very, very discouraged in my spirit. But when I went to chapel, the teacher of the missions class, who also happened to be the, the, the professor over that department that sent the missionaries out, so he was actually, you know, helping me and my, my friend get ready to go out as missionaries, he was standing at the entrance of the chapel that day. And at that certain area. Now, thousands would go to the chapel. About 4,000 students every day would go to the chapel. And there was, you know, I don't know, maybe 20 different ways you could come in. But I happened to go in that day right where he happened to be standing. And when I standing, he, when, I was, when I went in and he saw me as he stood there, the moment he looked at me, he knew something wasn't right. And he pulled me over to the side very gently and said, Stephen, he said, let me pray for you. And he put his hands on me. And I had never felt anything like that in my life before. I wasn't even filled with the Holy Spirit. But I, the power of God, the glory of God, the comfort of God came all over me, and I went from being deflated. I went from being really discouraged to, boom, just being charged with the power of God. And I knew it was God. I just couldn't explain it. And I, I went into that chapel. I was, whew, I was singing like a songbird. I was, I was ready to praise the Lord. Glory to God. Mm. Of course, I found out later <laughs> that he was a Pentecostal preacher, baptized in the Spirit, charismatic, traveled all over the world, particularly Africa. And he was a Spirit-filled minister. And he just happened to be preaching and teaching on staff at a denominational college that, you know, didn't really believe in that, although they kind of allowed it over on the side room. And they allowed him to do his thing. And uh, me and my friend, we never made it to France. But nevertheless, God had his own way. And I have gone to France, and I have preached in France, and we've had glorious times. And it's, 
coming up again praise the Lord so I'm, I'm getting ready to dance in France because uh, we're already going back praise God very very soon so my friends the Holy Spirit the comforter is able to reach right into that area where there would be hurt and where there would be a, a vacuum and fill it fill it with him with his very self praise praise God that way you're blessed and you're whole you're whole praise God so you need to understand that one of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit is to lead you into new realms get ready for this into new realms of comfort he is going to bring you into new realms of comfort mm -mm. thank you Lord Jesus you know consider just for a moment what is disease Disease is a word made up of two words, dis, D-I-S, disease, dis-ease, okay, E-A-S-E, dis-ease. In other words, it's a removal of your ease. It is a taking away of your comfort, and it's replacing it most often with pain, and uh, that's what disease is. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, when you allow Him to minister to you, if you will allow him to lead you and you are a Christian and you have disease, he will lead you to Christ the healer. He will lead you to Jesus, the Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God who is your healer, the Lord God who takes away all of your diseases. He will remove that discomfort and he will bring the comfort of healing into your body. Praise God. See, Jesus, according to what Paul wrote in the book of Hebrews, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Bless their hearts, some dear preachers, good men some good women preachers out there, but they don't understand the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And often they don't understand that Christ is still the healer. And they'll say things like Jesus doesn't heal anymore. What they're actually saying, they don't know this, but what they're actually saying, what they're actually proclaiming is that God has changed his name. But God has never changed his name. And if you'll follow the Holy Spirit, he will still reveal Jesus to you as Jehovah Rapha. He will always be Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, who will, who will take away all of your sickness and disease. He's your healer, and his, his name can never change. It's perfect. It's perfect. It will never change. Woo, praise God. God is so good. He is so good. He'll lead you in the healing. Thank you, Lord Jesus, forever. Hallelujah. Now, the Holy Spirit, the divine comforter, He wants to do several things as He operates in this role of ministry in your life. He wants the quality of your life to be better. He wants to bring comfort into your life so that the quality of your life is better hallelujah and I think I think there is a real place for that where we can have some quality so that we can have some air conditioner and not perspire when it's 115 degrees in the meeting house praise God I think our quality of life should be good hallelujah I think in the winter like it is right now 
I, th I think in the winter that it's nice to have quality of light so that I'm not sitting in an ice box, but that it's nice, it's warm, it's well lit, and I can present the gospel message to you from a level of quality. Praise God. Quality. God wants there to be a level of quality in your life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Let Him lift you into it. Let the Holy Spirit lead you into it. Praise God. And I also believe that the Holy Spirit, now listen very carefully, as your comforter, He really wants to add dignity to your life. Because it will bring a new, a new expansion of comfort into your life. Okay? He wants to add dignity to your life. I'm not saying that you don't have some. I'm just saying that He wants to establish more. That's one of his primary roles. I'll never forget the time that me and my wife were ministering in another country. And I had taken along some extra suits. I was preaching in many different uh, places, you know, doing three meetings a day, doing that day after day, day after day. And so um, I looked at the host pastor who was hosting me. And I had one of these suits that for me was a little bit large, but I looked at him and I thought, you know, that would probably be a perfect fit for him. And it's, it's, a, it's a brand new suit. It's one of the best ones I've got. So I said, brother, I said, come over here into my room and go over there in the side, on the side, in the side room and try this, try this suit on. Okay. So he tried it on and it was a perfect fit. Okay. So he had, he had a brand new shirt. He had a brand new tie. And he had a beautiful brand new suit, and we did some things to get him some new socks, new shoes. Brand beautiful new suit. And he wears it to the meeting that night. Now that night, because he was hosting me to minister, I was the preacher that night. But he was sitting on the front row with me. This is his church. This was his conference that he was putting on. But that dear minister, that friend of mine, with this brand new suit, he felt obligated to invite Apostle so-and-so to come to the meeting. And Apostle so-and-so was a, a local minister in the area who was, uh, he had come in from the UK, uh, nothing wrong with the UK, I love the UK, he just happened to have come from the UK, and he came over to the UK in this part of this country, of this particular country, that was a very impoverished area. And because he had some backing, and he had some money, and he's coming into a very, very impoverished area, he really liked to kind of boss people around. And he, he really liked being known as the apostle, and he really liked being uh, catered to and bowed down to, and uh, you know, so anyhow. So this pastor, who's hosting me, felt obligated to invite him. And so uh, the so so apostle comes to the meeting that night. And so I'm sitting on the front row because I'm going to be preaching that night. And the, you know, the pastor who invited me, the host, is sitting there on the front row with me in his, in his brand new beautiful suit. And uh, he looked spectacular before the audience. I mean, all of his church members were so blessed. Why? Dignity, dignity on his life. How? In a new measure, in a new way that can be seen. And that so called apostle. As he was invited to go up and say a few things to the audience before I came up and preached, uh, as he went up there, he began to pontificate. He began to, you know, do his highfalutin little thing of trying to draw the attention to himself. You know, some ministers, they love the mic. 
They, they, if Jesus walked into the meeting, they wouldn't pass the mic. They, they just, they love that mic. They, in other words, they're selfish. And he was one of those guys. He loved that mic. And um, he said, he said, brother, you, and he didn't even call, and he pointed to the pastor, the host pastor. He didn't even call him pastor in front of his own church members. He called him brother. He said, brother, you, you come up here. I want to demonstrate an example tonight about Jesus. And he said, he said, you sit on the floor. And the floor was a dirt floor. And he, he, I won't say he made him. He told him to sit on the dirt floor while he gives some kind of silly so-called biblical example of uh, some kind of dumb story he told, some parable story or something like that. And then after he was done telling him his story and humiliating him before all the church members, he says, now you can stand up and go back and take your seat. And we're looking forward to seeing what the man of God has to say tonight. And uh, you know what? After the service that night, I talked to my pastor friend. I said, why? Why did you let that man humiliate you in a brand new, beautiful, clean suit? Why did you bow to him and allow him to humiliate you and make you sit on a dirt floor and get dirt all over your pants and all over your slacks? And, you're, and, and make your whole church cringe, but yet you bowed to it. I said, why did you bow to that? Why did you do that? Why did you just tell him, hey, look, give your example, but I'm not sitting on the dirt. I said, why did you give in to that? He said, Pastor Stephen, I didn't want to get into it. I didn't want to get my suit dirty. But he said, it's his generator. We, if, I, if I don't give in to him, he's not going to let me use my generator. I said, forget the generator. If we have to, we'll have the meetings during the daytime. And just forget the generator. If we have to meet at night, we'll, I'll preach in the dark. Don't do stuff like that. Don't let the devil steal your dignity. Don't let the devil put this type of dishonor on you where you're left in a place of dishonor. May the Holy Spirit strengthen you so that the dignity of God come into your life and the boldness of a lion come into your life. And you don't play these games with men. Stop doing stuff like that. Trust the Lord. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit will strengthen you, empower you, and you'll find out that the generator will come in from somewhere else. Hallelujah. If you really need a generator, God will give you the generator. But don't, don't do things like that. The enemy wants to do that. And, it, you know, I told him, I said, it would make that man happy if all of you ministers in this area stayed locked in poverty for the rest of your life. But don't let him do that. Rise up and be the men that God wants you to be. And don't let some type of, you know, dictatorial authority like that try to dominate your life. Mm, he just wants the attention. You let God raise you up and be the man that God's called you to be. Thank you, Lord Jesus. See, the Holy Spirit wants to bring comfort. But in order for that comfort, sometimes there has to be strength. There has to be strength, and He'll give you the backbone that maybe that you've never had to say finally to some people, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. I don't want to talk in those type of conversations. I'm not that type of person. Well, who do you think you are? I think I'm a child of God. And if you don't want me in your group anymore, that's just fine. I'm not engaging in that kind of stuff anymore. I'm not, I'm not laughing at your dirty jokes. I don't even want to hear them anymore. What's come over you? The Holy Spirit. <laughs> some of you need to sever some of your foul-mouthed friends 
fake Christians who are Christians only in name, not in deed, not in real action. Trust me, if there's ever any real persecution against the church, they'll melt just like that, like a marshmallow out in the sun. And they'll also turn against you. They'll betray you. You might as well disconnect from them now. Because they're not genuine in the first place. They're fake. Fake is a $3 American bill. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit, such comfort, such boldness, such strength. Mm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> See, the devil wants your message as an ambassador of Christ. The devil wants your message to be hypocritical. The word hypocrite comes of a Greek word that means to wear a mask where you're where you're not really who you're who you're pretending to be. You're saying something. You're saying this is true. You're saying God is good. God will bless you. God will take care of you. God will heal you. But 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 the reality is you're actually not living it. And the devil wants you to say one thing, but yet in your own life, there's nothing but dishonor. There's nothing but shame. But God says, for your dishonor, I'm going to give you double honor. Praise God. How does that happen? By the power of the Holy Spirit infusing you to be the person that Christ has called you to be and has paid the ransom price for you to be. Hallelujah. And it's the kingly anointing. It's the priestly anointing. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit lift you up and reveal your true identity in Christ so that your message lines up with your life. And when that happens, sometimes you don't even have to preach a message. They just look at you and they're like, he's living it. Don't he doesn't even need to say anything. It's on him. It's on her. They don't even, you know, in those moments that you do need to share something, the grace will be there to talk, and you can speak with your message seasoned with salt. Hallelujah. Sometimes there can be words spoken in tenderness, but perhaps correction, and other types, other times boldness, because they need it. Praise the Lord. And sometimes they need a little bit of a jolt. Hallelujah. Pastor Stephen, I'm, I'm concerned that I, I shook them up. Maybe that's exactly what they needed, and nobody else had the backbone to do it. Mm -mm. Yes, speaking the truth in love, but yes, still speaking the truth. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God forever. Lord, we give you the praise, the comfort, the quality of life, the dignity of Christ seen in you, not dishonor, not shame, not reproach, not mocking, not laughing, not dirt all over your pants, not dirt all over your life, but clean in Christ, washed with the blood of Jesus, not carrying around a sin consciousness where you can't even look up to see Christ eye to eye. But I'm talking about washed with His blood, and in your heart, in your conscience, you know your identity is in Him. And so you look at him saying, Jesus, because of what you did for me at Calvary, I can look straight at you and not feel any shame. I can lean my head on the chest of my father and receive his comforting embrace and go right into the Holy of Holies because I belong there. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. I have to be honest with you right now and let you know that while God is going to bless you greatly, it's only going to get darker out there. And the darkness is going to get so bad 
that it will be fulfilled what Isaiah the prophet said it will be called literally gross darkness oh but to the world they're actually call it this is right and what's wrong they'll call right and what's wicked they'll actually call good but the light is going to be so brilliant on you the blessing the glory the strength the provision the health of God so strong in you glory to God and that's all by the power of the Holy Spirit all by the power of the Holy Spirit he can meet you anywhere you're at anything that you need the Holy Spirit showed me today that there is a new level of comfort that he wants to take you into in this moment of your life and if you will ask Jesus for the thing that the Holy Spirit shows you that is the next level of comfort that it's now time for you to come into if you'll ask Jesus for it right now he'll give it to you praise God John chapter 14 verse 12 most assuredly I say to you he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. There's something right now being revealed to you by the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit is gently right behind you helping you to go forward before the, the very throne of God and ask the Father in the name of Jesus and the Father will do it the Father and Jesus are both in harmony and agreement and the Lord will do it for you if you'll ask him right now what is it Pastor Stephen something that increases God's comfort in your life watch this something watch this Something that adds the dignity of God to your human equation of living. Pastor Stephen, when I get to heaven, it'll be roses. You need some roses down here. It's, the world is very foul. <laughs> There's a lot of pollution of sin and a lot of natural pollution too. You need some roses down here. You need some nice things down here. You need to live in a realm where the dignity of Christ can be seen upon your life. Hallelujah. Even as a child, the Magi brought him gold and frankincense and all of these precious things of myrrh. They're all, they're all very valuable. That was high dollar stuff during that day. And he had actually, they're still valuable today. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But dignity added to the blessing, to the life of Christ. And you're in Christ. You are in Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And the level of comfort is going to be so strong on you that you will be able to extend comfort into the lives of others. You will be able to extend dignity into the lives of even God's own people that the devil would try to dishonor. And you're going to come in there and say, in the name of Christ Jesus, I wipe that dishonor off of you. Get up, get up out of that mess. I'm taking you, I'm going to buy you new clothes, whatever it might be. I'm going to get you in a job training school. Your days of being muddied by the devil are 
over praise God I have the I have the ability to do something about it hallelujah I'm walking in the blessing of Abraham get up out of that mess right now throw that that don't even try to save it some of some of these things we don't need to try to wash them just throw them away <laughs> take them to the store buy them brand new clothes hallelujah glory to God blessed be the name of the Lord your destiny is to shake and alter nations in the name of Jesus and in a way that glorifies your father in heaven will there be persecution yes you'll have jealous people you'll have, you'll have envious people you have you'll have armchair critics who will criticize the reality is they don't know who they are in Christ they don't know they don't know the mighty power of the Holy Spirit to comfort you and for him to work through you to comfort dare I say multitudes praise the Lord praise the Lord let God lift you let God expand you with new levels of dignity with new levels of comfort if you want it lift your hands right now father I pray for the people that are watching your precious people may your Holy Spirit lead them right now to ask for that thing that Lord Jesus it's time for that thing to come into their life right now it will bring you glory it will it will it will represent your dignity that it's an ele- it's a kingly anointing a new thing coming on their life thank you father in the name of Jesus father reveal it to them now by your holy spirit now ask god ask god for it right now ask god for it right now in the name of Jesus pastor stephen i i don't know what it is pause hit pause and get it by the Holy Spirit and then ask God for it there's an anointing to ask Jesus said if you ask anything in my name I will do it this is the thing that increases the comfort this is the thing that increases the dignity and it's all for God's glory go for it ask God for it right now he's going to do it for you woo 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 Pastor Steve I, I'm afraid somebody might get jealous yeah they probably will don't worry about it Walk in the 100-fold blessing. Don't worry about the persecution. Just bless people. Go on. Don't even, don't argue. Just, they may not understand it. Maybe one day they will. And then maybe one day they'll come and say, hey, sorry, I gave you such a hard time. I didn't realize it was my blessing too. I was just jealous. I was just envious. But you know what? You must go on for the sake of your own heritage and for the sake of many others that you're going to influence. Woo! Glory, glory, glory. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. And when you get it, praise God with all of your might and all of your strength. I would even encourage you to dance right now before it even manifests because it's going to show up quick. Glory be to God in the name of Jesus. Let's take Holy Communion. Let's take Holy Communion. If you're watching today's program and you're thinking, Pastor Stephen, what kind of God is this? And you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you're thinking, what kind of God is this that's so good to pardon sin, to forgive sin, to offer covenant? What kind of a God is this? He's the only true and wise God. The Father, the Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Three distinct persons, yet one God. Uh, it sounds like a mystery. Yes, it is. And uh, we've meditated on it for a long time. Theologians have meditated on it for a long time. It's called a divine mystery. It's okay. But God right now offers salvation through His Son. If you would like to receive salvation, pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I come before you. I repent of my sins. Jesus, I accept your offer of salvation. 
Wash me of my sins. Write my name in your book of life. I receive you now into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you for giving me your new life. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Welcome to the family of God. Everybody around the world, shout hallelujah. <laughs> Woohoo! Glory to God. The Holy Spirit's moving all over the world, healing, 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 healing people, precious people with the balm of Gilead. Wherever you're at, you're feeling that touch of fire and healing glory. Receive, receive, receive. Let's take communion. Father, we thank you for. We thank you for the bread and the blood, the bread and the juice. We consecrated. It's holy. This now the flesh and the and the blood of Christ. Father, we thank you as we receive together all around the world as a body of believers as we receive together. We thank you. There's victory in Christ. We thank you, Father God. There's comfort in Christ by the Spirit of God. There's dignity. We thank you, Father God, that our level of comfort right now is being increased. We thank you that you're going to give us the thing that we ask for. It's time. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus, let us now receive the body of Christ. Angels are being dispatched from heaven right now to expedite the manifestation of the answer to your prayer of the thing that you've asked God for. Hallelujah. You've asked boldly, God's going to do it. The angels are already working. This thing is coming quick. You're going to rejoice. Hallelujah. You're going to rejoice in the Lord. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus, that it is through the covenant of his blood, the shedding, the pouring out completely of his blood, that we have a way into this new covenant. Thank you, Father God. It's ratified and sealed with his blood. We're in. We're in. We're never coming out. We thank you, Father. We're ready for the last days. Christ is our strength. Christ is our salvation. Father, we receive the blood of Jesus now with great thanksgiving. We proclaim his death until he comes. And he's coming soon. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Let us now receive the blood of the covenant, the blood of our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. All your sins have been washed away. You are redeemed. Praise God. Go out and tell somebody about it and lead them to Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we give you all of the praise. We give you all of the praise. My friends, it is time to praise the Lord. It is time to rejoice. Glory to God. Glory to God. Right now the Lord is turning sorrow into joy. Receive the joy of the Lord and praise His mighty, beautiful name. There's healing anointing coming down. Many are receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit right now. Open your mouth. Speak out the new utterance that's known in the Bible as tongues. Speak it out as you speak it out. The Spirit of God will give you the utterance. Speak it out right now. Receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Father, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. May the Lord increase you more and more, you and your children. My friends, till next time, stay blessed. Walk in the covenant. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.